Welcome to the MA Roadshow, episode number 254. My name is John Morgan in Houston, Texas, back in my home state of Texas. Not quite Dallas where I'm from, but we'll, we'll let Houston work. <laughs> and I got an all-star crew with me here. The young Mike Bond has made his way down from Toronto, Canada. Say hello, Mike Bond. First time in Texas. I'm yep. excited. First time in Texas? Yeah, never been here, never even done like a layover or through an airport or anything. So That's crazy. Yeah, I well, know. You right? didn't expose it. Well, we're, we're showing it up right because we're getting to show you <laughs> Texas is finest. This is a, a local establishment that – um, is is I don't think they have many of these outside the Lone Star State. Right. Um, a, a real Texas delicacy. This is Hooters. Uh, so welcome to Hooters. I'm sure it's the first time you've ever been to one of these. Um, as you can see, beautiful decor, sports everywhere, lovely young Texas ladies running about. Uh, so hopefully this is the proper introduction to Texas for you, sir. For sure, and as I'm sure we'll get into at some point, we just had a nice tour of the countryside for about an hour and a half oh, this afternoon. We're so. getting into that right off the bat. <laughs> I will also welcome in the Mac Life's Oscar Willis, who hello, of course hello. is a Vegas homie, but uh, you know, coming from across the pond. Come across the pond. Uh, All the way from Ireland. Yeah, oh, shut up. But I'm enjoying this Texas decor that you pointed out. Yes. Yeah, how you pronounce that? Hooters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, exactly. It's yeah. tough. I know. It's uh, the spelling's a little tough. Yeah, you can see we've got the orange, just like the University of Texas here. Right. You yes. Know. Yeah, because the, the lady was saying that's why. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Great, that's so. what it's about. All right. So that's where we're at. It is. A, it is a classic MMA roadshow type setting. There are quite large beers being delivered to us. And by the way, the, the, we were trying to order pitchers. The lady was super nice. She said, "You know." It's actually cheaper if you order the Big Daddies. We said, well, we are a couple of Big Daddies. Well, uh, and if she had better clients, she'd have got a good tip for that. <laughs> but not, not going to happen with us. We're cheap, too. No, just kidding. We will. All right, yeah, you, you, you touched on it, Mike Bond, quite the adventure we've had. I, I want to just start right there. First, well, before we get to the road trip, can we just start with the host hotel? Now, now, now Oscar has made the smarter decision, got an Airbnb down the street, right. and it turned out to be the wise call. I, I, I'm not going to complain too much about first world problems, all right? I mean, listen, somebody else is paying the bill for us, so we can't complain too much. But I always get excited when I can stay at the UFC host hotel, right? Because the host hotel, a lot of time, it's like, you know, these super fancy hotels, $300, $400 a night. Like, oh, shout out to USA Today for funding the uh, trips, but they don't, they don't roll with that kind of budget, right? They don't let us spend that. But I checked out here, and it was the Crown Plaza, and uh, – it wasn't that bad. So I said, look, we can do the host hotel, which is awesome because, like, morning weigh-ins tomorrow. You don't have to drive anywhere. You just go straight down. Media day this morning. Same thing. You just take a shower, go straight down. You set up. You don't have to get no. It's great, right? This is literally somebody done messed up at the <laughs> USC. I, I'm not trying to put the blame on anybody in particular, but uh, this hotel is not quite not quite up to the standards that the USC usually uses. And, and – a lot of it's under construction, so that's a big part of it, of course. You know, I mean, that's that's <laughs> yeah, a huge one part elevator, of it. That's for sure. Is it construction yeah, or dem dem demolition? I demolition. Might, it might demolition might be the better word. Oh, get VIP guests rolling in as we as we get started here. What's going on, man? Good to see you, brothers. Oh, we got oh, half off. Of, at, oh. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah, we have had so many adventures already. Some VIP guests are dropping in. Some VIP uh, half off at Bucks Wild, which. By the way, that was a fantastic introduction to Texas for uh, the young Mike Bond. If you're ever in Texas, <laughs> in just Houston Mike, just Mike Bond, right? John. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, well, no, I, I, I quite enjoyed myself at Bucks Wild as well. 
shout out to uh, our man Kevin who took care of us over there. He is gave this, us the is VIP this word style. at the top there all New Day or whatever? I can't. That must be a Texan yeah, word. Yeah, well. you know what? I don't, uh, new Day is uh, it probably doesn't translate yeah, to yeah, British yeah, English yeah. quite yeah. all the way. Uh, but yeah, we had a good time there. All right, so the host hotel, you know, okay, elevators. The elevator. One of the elevators doesn't work at all. Another of the elevators. The, the floor thing doesn't work, so you, you, you don't really know what floor you're at. You have to, like, check on the, the door jam to make sure you're not getting off at the, at the wrong place. That's kind of annoying. I, I was in my room the other day. I noticed that my smoke detector has a little plastic bag wrapped around it, so I guess the last person there was smoking and yep. didn't want to set it off. It's uh, it's, I, it's been an adventure. I hit a light switch outside your room. It fell out of the wall. It <laughs> fell out of the wall. Literally, you're like, this, there's a little loose wire here. Touched it, and the whole thing fell out. We came out of the media day. There was about 25 firemen in the lobby. Just suited up, yep, pickaxes in hand, ready to go, running through there. They just assumed the building was on fire. They didn't even know. They just drove past and thought, well, look at it. The way this thing looks, there must be some kind of damage going on. So, yes, it's been tough. Yes, man, we will take another round of Frosty Beverages, if you don't mind, please. All three of us. Is that okay? Can we take... Yes. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, it's We're in the middle. It's a very casual podcast. <laughs> Kaylee, you want to say hello? No? All right, well. Thank you. Yes, we'll all do another round of beers, if you don't mind. Yes, she's very stunningly gorgeous. Very beautiful, <laughs> the, the Kaylee. Miss Texas, I think. Miss Texas, she? probably so. I believe I so. If not, she should be. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You see my tattoos, but they're not my ass. It's the other way around. <laughs> All right. Everybody want another round? We do. Yes, ma'am. Not yet. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. That we resume. The hospitality is amazing. And we resume. So, yes, the host hotel has not been fantastic. Uh, but, you know, again, first world problems. Can't complain too much. But... We had more of an adventure today, so it's been kind of a, 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 a fun day, and a lot of us, a lot to talk about, to be honest with you. But uh, it ended with a uh, a guest fighter media session, basically, out at Henzo Gracie's Lake Houston, uh, which is cool. It's actually where uh, USC matchmaker Mick Maynard trains. Uh, you know, he was awarded his black belt not that not that long ago under the Henzo Gracie banner. So um, they were kind enough to host a media day. And uh, some name, you know, some 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 good names. Alexander Hernandez, who is fun, and we'll talk about that briefly in a moment. <laughs> Jeff Neal, uh, Uriah Hall, fun. that that's fun. But no question about it, the biggest name there, Jorge Masvidal. That's the one that everybody wants to speak to. Now, here's the funny part: we're walking out of the hotel to go to do this media session, which we know is about a 45-minute drive away. Mm. And Masvidal walks into the hotel, so he's like, "Hey guys, what are you up to?" We're like, "Well." We're driving across town to go talk to you as you stand here <laughs> yes. right in front of us right now. So that was a little bit of an adventure. Yeah. Um, but then we get into the vehicle, and a 45-minute drive turns into an hour and a half mm. um, with the, the gentleman, and a, and a nice gentleman, <laughs> a very nice gentleman driving the bus, just continuing to make poor turns and poor direction decisions. And we're trying to – Dave Lockett from USCPR recently of – Splitting up Masvidal and Usman fame on yeah. Super Bowl press row. He's making nice suggestions to the guy that, uh, hey, I think this is the wrong way. Maybe you should reevaluate the, the direction you're going. And the guy says, nope, <laughs> this is the way. I, I got it. I know how I'm going. And finally, we just had to say, like, dude, this is not the right way. I need you to turn around. I need you to change things right now. Yeah. And he does. And, uh, yeah, an hour and a half journey to the gym uh, gave us about – three or four minutes to get set up, basically. Yeah, that was nice. That was fun. <laughs> Crowded room already. That was good. Always fun. It's It's been an adventure. You also, you know, the, the bus was hotter than the sun. 
So that was fun too. <sighs> Sweating on the way. I, listen, I hate to start out complaining. Here we are in, yeah. this, in this legendary Lone Star establishment. Yeah. Uh, you know that you, you really. I mean, Mike Bond getting his first look at a Hooters, <laughs> and we're sitting here complaining. It's just. Yeah. It's just Kaylee all right. serving us drinks for cheaper than they need to be. Exactly. So we really should stop. New day coupons. I mean, what's the not to love? Come on. All new day, half off. Yeah. Might need to take advantage of that. All right, we'll find out. Um, all right, listen. So let's let's talk about. I'll, we'll leave Mazudal because I, I want everybody to get a chance to hear that. But out of the other three guys that were there, give me your impression because uh, Alexander Hernandez remains batshit crazy, and yes. I love him for it. I know. That he took a lot of heat uh, for after his loss to Donald Cerrone, the way he treated uh, Cowboy. Boy, he didn't back off of that today. Maybe you guys want to touch on that. Jeff Neal, um, who a lot of people, I think, believe it has championship potential, uh, at least contendership potential. Uh, he called out Michael Chiesa, said he thinks that would be a good fight for him. And, hey, man, kind of made some interesting points. Said, I think Chiesa's been jumping the line a little bit. I didn't think he had to go through. And, and listen, I'm not taking away from the wins that Chiesa has, but that is a, a potential, you know, I guess criticism, right, is that he's, he's fighting kind of That's a fair point. guys yeah. that have passed their prime, so to speak, or what have you. And then, of course, Uriah Hall was there as well. And uh, Uriah Hall was in great spirits, man. He is – he's funny, man. I mean, yeah. th for a guy that used to absolutely hate talking to the media, uh, I think now he still hates it, yeah. but at least tries to enjoy well, the Well, he acknowledges it. it when he starts, which is funny. Yeah, he's yeah. like, I, I really don't want to be here, but I am. Don't ask any stupid questions, and I promise you I'll give you a good answer. Yeah. It's, a, it's a far, far cry from the experience I had with him in uh, Belfast a few years ago where he was definitely one of the hardest and, uh, let's just say, least kind interview subjects I've ever had. So you could easily search that interview up on YouTube if you want to see it. It's, it's something <laughs> to behold, and he is just such a long way from that at this point. It's pretty amazing. What else stood out to you guys? I mean, out of those guys that you talked to, what, what stood out to you? Well, obviously, I think I'm going to be the one to steal this because it's the best thing to talk about. Alex Hernandez. Um, was asked, you know, what did you think of Donald Cerrone? I think Alex Hernandez will be linked to Donald Cerrone for quite some time. The uh, attempts at building that fight up and then subsequent sort of humbling that he had at Cerrone will have those two linked for a while. And he was asked, what do you think of Cerrone's performance against Conor McGregor? And he said, oh, you know, it just made me flaccid. You know, I'm waking up every morning with a big flaccid. hard erection, looking for that fight, looking for vengeance. I see that, just the, the, the erection just goes away. I mean, he hasn't seen our waitress here. Maybe he hasn't visited a Hooters. <laughs> I don't know. But he, he was very, very upset about that. And he really was quite mild-mannered until that moment. But when Cerrone's name came up, he really lit up. was like, I was. you don't understand. I, I was waking up with a fire in my belly to get that fight. And what I really found most interesting, especially in context of uh, Stephen A. Smith's comments about Cerrone giving up and some people not liking that, he said, I can't believe that Cerrone gave me the fight he gave me, and then he gave that to Connor. He said, and, and to be fair, he did say, I can't believe he gave up, but he quickly checked himself. Like, maybe he didn't even mean to say give yeah. up, and he corrected himself with that. But that is fair, right? I mean, yeah. like, to say, like, man, that guy showed up that night, and he, and he didn't necessarily show up, or so he didn't have that It's almost up. like Conor McGregor might be a better fighter than Alexander Hernandez. I mean, that's a crazy theory to throw Listen, out Listen, guys, there, as, as somebody who works for an objective outlet, I can possibly comment on that. <laughs> <laughs> Too good, too good. So that definitely stood out. I mean, uh, listen, I, I like Alexander Ness. I understand why people don't like him, the brashness, you know, that sort of thing. But to me, it's fun, man. Like that, the, the, the ability to say weird stuff like that and have fun with it, you know, he's basically talking about listen, his fight you get you get the, the word flaccid in my headline, I'm a fan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, dude, he's got real potential. Like, and He's got that personality. He's clearly willing to say almost anything. So if he can actually, like, if he had won that Cerrone fight after all that, he can put a streak together. He has good UFC wins. I mean, Neil Darius, Francisco I Trinaldo agree. are no joke. I think he has another one in there somewhere against someone. But, yeah, man, like, he – I think he's got potential to be, like, a name that people really 
you know, follow Carabao in the lightweight division. He just needs a the experience, you know, the wins, etc., etc. Yeah. Et a lot of people thought he lost the Trinaldo fight, but he did say, "Listen, man, I came in with basically one shoulder, man. I, you know, he, he said he was. There, I mean, it, it, the whole no thing's joke, on man. YouTube. But if you want to say like he's warming up in the locker room and not throwing punches with, you know, with his right shoulder, and then he can't grip when it, when he's. Uh, yeah. When he's drilling, I so. mean, Trinaldo's one of those guys that even if you beat, you usually don't look good in the right. process. So. Also, if, if we're talking about future stars, what do we love? We love callouts. Fucking guy listed about ten names today. Is like, well, this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, this yeah. guy. Settled on Alan Akinter eventually, but it, look. Yeah, mention Islam Makachev. Yeah, he's not a name who comes out of the mouth of many people. So cool credit that. to him. You gotta, you gotta appreciate it. Yeah. Someone who's not afraid, like. He put his balls on the table and got stung for it, and he's back here right again being like, well, listen, I'm going to do it again. It's it. So you got it. can't fault that. I like it. Don't get mad at him. Uh, what do you guys think about the idea of uh, Kiesa and Jeff Neal? I don't mind it. I mean, I think that's probably – Kiesa's going to want a bigger name, right? It's, it's of the course, only problem. Of course. I think Jeff Neal had a will. great point. I do too. I like the fight. I mean, for me as a fight fan, I think it makes a lot of sense. And, and, and But I, I see that Kiesa is going to say like, hey, look, I mean, no disrespect – I mean, Kessler's a fight fan, right? Like, he, he studies the game. He knows who Jeff Neal is, and I'm sure he's very appreciative of Jeff Neal's skills. But I, I, I understand why Kessler's going to say, listen, man, look at the guys I've beat. No disrespect, but you don't fit in with, with that, those, that name quality. Yeah, and I mean, for my matchmaker thing in terms of, like, a thing that maybe made sense for a Kiesa actually pitch, you know, Kiesa fighting the winner of Damian Maya and Gilbert Burns, and I feel like if Gilbert Burns wins that fight, which I feel like a lot of people are expecting him to, like, he's basically in the same position as Kiesa, comes in, gets a good win, beats a former champion, and then, you know, really moves up the rankings in that sense, or not former champion, but like a big name, a guy right, who's right, fought right. for belts, yep. etc. Fought for belts. Um, so, like, he would kind of be in the spot where Kiesa gets elevated, so, like, you know, if that's where your kids are like, oh, do I want Jeff Neal or Gilbert Burns, something like that. I think he's going to have to fight someone in that realm. I don't think he's getting Colby Covington. I don't think he's getting anyone in that top three, top four. So he's going to have to fight you know, somewhere back, and I think Jeff Neal maybe makes as much sense as oh, anyone. Okay, if you're really talking about name value or name recognition or quality, though, let's say let's say for whatever reason Gilbert Burns does win. Because if Demi Maia wins, of course you want Maia. I mean, he's, yeah. he's not going to be around much longer. Stylistically, if you're Michael Chiesa, that's going to be fun, right? Mm -hmm. And, again, it's a, it's a real name. Now, if you're sitting back in your Michael Chiesa and your options are Neil or Burns, stylistically, again, I'd probably say you want Burns. I, I would say you probably don't want to go. I, I don't know. Maybe if I'm Chiesa, I would. I, I think I'd rather have Burns. It's tough because we don't know too much about Neil's ground game, so True. it's a little more challenging. But, there, I mean, but. name recognition, does, does Burns have more name recognition? I mean, definitely not to the general fan, right? right? after that fight, yeah. We'll see. I think Maya's got one of those established names that you can't really argue with the longevity yeah. of him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, yeah. I think either way, Kiesa is in a position where he gets a going to have to make a choice, and I think that's a good call from Jeff Neal. And he seems very aware. I think he makes it, you know, realistic in that sense. Like that's a guy who I could actually fight. Someone's like, oh, why don't you call out Colby Covington? And he's like, because he ain't going to fight me. Like right. that makes no sense. He understands the game and you know where things lie. And I'm sure that was a very strategic call out. You know, his coach Safe Saoud, a smart guy who kind of knows the the game as well so yeah I, think, I thought it was the right call I think the best call outs are the ones where you hear it you hadn't necessarily thought about it before and then you hear it and you go oh yeah that's, that's a great idea let's, that makes do, sense. let's do that right now like that's exactly what happened when he said Michael I agree alright well listen uh, those guys were all great but uh, the biggest star uh, of the day was certainly Jorge Masvidal um, he came in uh, he had a very limited time with us um, so we, you'll, you'll hear at the very beginning, we, we, we were told we had no more than five minutes. I'm not even sure we got a full five, but I will say this. It was like 505 or something. Was it with 505? <laughs> yeah, so we got so five. Uh, I will say this. I think I think Mazidal packed it in there, man, as he's been known to do. Uh, he made use of his time on the mic. Here's what uh, Gamebred had to say. Five minutes, guys. Boy, the, the tour continues, man. You were, uh, you were all 
all over the world, all over the place. What's uh, what's what's the plan right now? Getting as much camera time as possible. Um, this just happens to be there where I go. They they take out phones and shit and want to record me like it's something special. But now nah, I'm just here as a fan. Watch John Jones fight. Um, also come out here to my boy Mania's gym, show him some love and stuff. But yeah, the cameras just follow me nowadays. I guess it's not official official yet, but it's official, right? I mean, the fight with, with Usman is happening. Dana's saying International Fight Week. Uh, where's my... Uh, I don't know. They haven't told me if I can answer or not, but I, I don't know if I'm supposed it, to answer Hypothetically on speaking, if you were to meet Kamaru Usman on International Fight Week, this I'd week, break his how face. How would you feel if it was booked? Oh, I'd fuck his ass up. I'd feel good about it because that, that's a good fight for my camp and me. We'd like that one very much. Was there, would there be hypothetically money to get to? I mean, was it a new There's contract? There's hypothetically a lot of money to get to. There's a hypothetically a lot of money to get to. I broke a lot of records uh, when I fought in the last time, so, you know, um, I'm a prize fighter. I want to get paid for, for what I do. The title, as far as the meaning of the belt itself, I mean, for a long time, like you said, you're a prize fighter, you got the money, but does the belt signify something to you? Does it, would Defin it be an accomplishment? Definitely signify something. But more than that, beating Usman in a really bad way will be better for me in a way, you know? He has a couple victories against a couple of my teammates, so uh, I definitely got to represent for ATT then take his head off. What about the idea that he's like a stylistic nightmare for you? I mean, he says it, you know. That, that's what he said? And that's what a lot of the media thing has said as well. And I, I would love nothing more than just get in there and show the vast skill set between me and him. You know. Oh, wait, he's just like tomorrow's a real one. I know you signed nah, everybody. Nah, definitely not. He's got like 38 personalities. Every week I keep finding a new one. I don't like any of them so far. So, and I've known this guy for a while. He wasn't that guy before. He was actually asking for pictures and handshakes back in the day. Now, I don't, and his real name is Kamaru Dean. It's not even Kamaru. He actually showing up even his real birth name. This guy's just a, a head case of, of head cases, you know? Well, hey, that Super Bowl thing legit? It, well, I, I got people at the NFL that were hitting me up talking about, the UFC guys got real. And like, I, it just you know, straight to my phone. It looked real to me. It, it was real in the sense that I told him what I'm going to do. Nothing was going to happen there. He had a cast on. I'm not going to touch somebody that's already incapacitated and shit, you know? But uh, he's a punk guy. I just want to tell him in your face. I'm going to fuck you up. I don't know what he got so upset about. I was just telling him the truth that I'm, I'm going to fuck you up and we finally fight. And he, and he always says something that he, he likes people to keep the same energy and tell it to his face. That's exactly what I did. I don't know why he's mad. All I said is, hey. And I said it at a safe distance so he knew I wouldn't attack him. But I'll do respect. I'm going to fuck you up tomorrow. Do you think he said he got you mixed up with Kobe because he got off that Kobe and he, he kind of got the better verbally? I hope I hope he, he gets me mixed up with uh, with Kobe. I pray that he does. I pray that he confuses me with Kobe on any situation. Seems he really wanted you to do something that day, though. What what am I gonna do? The guy has a cast on. There's people behind us, and he keeps going back as he's saying this. You know. All I told him is one thing is I was delivering my message, don't cross that line. And you saw he didn't cross that line now once. If not, because if he crosses the line, then yes. I have to slam dunk him into next week, you know? But he didn't cross the line, thank God. A lot of people say Styles are wrestling style, but against Colby, he showed his stand-up. Were you at all impressed by that at all? That was a serious-ass question. Not anymore, Because you're a good journalist, man. We won't let you run that one back. You scratch out. Hit me with another one. <laughs> Were you surprised that Colby Covington had his jaw broken by Kamara Usman? 
Uh, I've known Kobe for a while. He's a glass tank. He's the type of guy in training would get hurt a lot, broken his hands a lot. He's had problems before in sparring. So it doesn't surprise me that they broke his jaw. Um, Surprising me that neither of them wrestled. You know, and, and that spoke to me a lot. That they're not willing to have commitment like that and pull through on what got them there. You know, they wouldn't even switch it up. They saw they were both pretty even on the feet and wouldn't take it to their own thing because they had too much pride, too much ego. Maybe I get stuffed, maybe I get tired, I don't know, but that showed a lot of weakness to me, you know? If you win the world's weight title, are you one of the top three or two biggest stars in this company? Say, say one more time. If you win the world weight title, when? when you win the world weight title, are you one of the top three biggest stars in this company? For sure, one of the top three biggest stars, and whoever's bigger than me, I'll go after that name and, and take him out, you know, and continue to collect checks and belts. Right, you think you'll fight Kobe? Back at ATT, uh, right now, Kobe has a match against the last fight. What do you think will happen when he comes back to the gym? Nothing. He'll be with Secret Service, and they'll be walking him around, and he'll shout shit when he's at a safe distance, and fucking. If I'm bored, I'll shout shit back, you know, knowing that nothing can happen because he's with security. It's secret service. He's got like four or five guys walking into the bathroom and shit, you know? So whatever. Um, he doesn't even eat at the places that he used to frequent a lot. He stopped going to all these places because he heard rumors that I was going there. This guy's a coward, man. We're you not worried about him. You fight with somebody, you think? Who? Bowie? The guy that got his jaw broken by the guy I'm about to baptize? Probably not, because he'd make a lot of money. I don't think he wins any more fights from me, to tell you the truth, man. And I don't want to make this about him, because he just got famous. Next question. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Go steal him. Right there he was, Jorge Masvidal, always uh, willing to speak his mind. Certainly he had some uh, some some points there. Um, guys, tell me your biggest takeaway from this because, uh, I mean, not necessarily, you know, uh, completely fresh or unheard of content, but it's the first time we've really, I guess, had a chance to speak with him since, you know, Dana White made it clear that, yes, this is definitely the fight that's happening, you know, so that, you know, we take the Conor McGregor option off the table, we take the, the other thought processes that may have been there, we say this is going to be the fight. Uh, so we, you know... Of course, again, he's speaking hypothetically, of course, yeah, but yeah. he's speaking about it as it's probably going to happen. Um, and, and you know, had some things to say about Colby as well and kind of where they stand. So, um, I don't know, anything that really particularly stood out to you guys or, or, or from, from today's session? I, I don't necessarily think things stood uh, stood out as such. I think at this point, uh, Masvidal's done so much media that it's like you, you go a week and you hear his latest comments. So, I don't think we necessarily heard anything brand new. He stood by his actions at the Miami altercation with right. Kamara Usman. Said uh, simply, "Oh, he always wants people to keep the same energy." So I just did. Um, other than that, I, 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 what the one thing I think that's really the big takeaway is he know he know he had a new deal for right. this fight. He said, right. "Oh yeah, I just got a lot of money for that." Yep. Um, it's the story of Masvidal right now. Is like this guy who's veteran. I mean, who's got faster pay rises in any job ever than this guy right now? You know, crushing it, man. How about you, Mike? Yeah, I mean, more or less the same. I think, you know, he, at this point, you, know, you didn't hear Conor McGregor's name come out of his mouth a single time, or he has asked about Colby Covington a few times and all that stuff, but that fight's not obviously realistic right now. They're doing the, the title fight, it seems like, between him and Usman. So, yeah, I think these are just little sound bites that we're going to start working towards the fight with. And I think, like Oscar referenced to a little bit, talking about the altercation, everyone was being like, oh, was that, you know, set up? Was that, you know, something they kind of, you know, coerced to do to 
start building anticipation. But he had a great line. He's like, Kamaru Usman always says, keep that same energy, you know, that you're talking in interviews and Twitter and stuff. And he said, that's what I did. You know, I'm not going to start a fight with the guy. He's got a cast on his arm, but I'm going to go in there and I'm going to tell him I'm going to F you up. I'm going to hurt you. I'm going to do all these things that I've said in every other interview. I'm going to break your face. I'm going to do all these things. And he sat face to face and that's what you want, right? I mean, it's a man. I, I, I'm I'm keyed up for it, especially now that we know. I mean, there's no other option, so so let's get excited about it. But it is a tough stylistic matchup for him, man, because because uh, Usman is not going to fight that fight that he fought against Colby Covington, man. It, it's just all. tough to say. Like we, when was the last time Jorge Masvidal fought a guy who's you know, a game plan was, I guess, you know, Ben Askren, of course, but <laughs> didn't really get to play that out much. Yeah, we didn't actually get to see, like, you know, if he goes out there and smokes Kamaru Usman in five seconds or something, like, amazing. But I think we're going to see this fight play out over a round, two rounds, something like that. We're going to find out some things about Jorge Masvidal. I mean, it'd be interesting if he just went out there and got completely grinded out for five rounds or something and that's why I honestly when we spoke about this however long ago I thought the Conor McGregor play was the thing to do because he has all this momentum in the world right now and if he just gets dominated and you know quote unquote exposed in a certain lacking area it's going to take a lot away from his game and you know you talk about a Colby Covington fight after that you're like oh well he just got owned by a guy with a similar style stuff like that so that's why I thought the Conor fight made sense but if you can go in there and beat Usman, oh my god, we think Jorge Masvidal is a star right now. Attach a damn real UFC belt, not a BMF belt. Sure. He can walk around with one sure. each over each shoulder. You know, he would be. He's that would gonna be, be kind of cool, right? The, the he's gonna be a big, big deal. I think so. We'll I think. Yeah. I think for him, the the risk reward is there. You know, it's very, very much worth taking this fight. And if he can go out there and execute, Jorge Masvidal is gonna go to the next level. It's nuts, yeah. man. The guy is next level superstar right now. I mean, I mean, also if you think about it, like. If you're Jorge Masvidal, how do you not just have every bit of confidence in the world? I mean, you just had the, probably one of the best years like, that I've seen Absolutely. in recent memory. And, okay, well, people talk, so you don't know, but he's always said, oh, Colby didn't win around against me in the gym. If that's the case, then why wouldn't you feel confident against Kamari? I think the last guy with a big grappling-centric style to fight Jorge was probably Damian Meyer. Yeah, you know, besides uh, Askren, but that's we didn't really get to that the, fight. The Askren, but, yeah. It's funny that you say the Askren thing because it does just you just sort of almost gloss. I think I saw that. The Maya thing was another one of those ones that you know I think it was a split decision. It was one of those ones where it was, very close. It was the pre, you know, current iteration of Jorge Masvidal. The resurrection, sir. The yeah. resurrection. Yeah. Yes, resurrection. My apologies. Baptized. So yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I thought it'll be interesting, but obviously. I think Maya and Usman's just grappling games are so different if they can actually initiate it. Usman's a far less of a submission threat. He's not going to stay on his back for three minutes of each round and just kind of win the decision that way. So, yeah, it's a really, really interesting fight to me. I can't wait for I, Usman and Masvidal. I definitely think if, if Masvidal did win, and I, I, we even, I asked him about it at a scrum, he's possibly the second biggest star in the UFC. There's obviously, Connor's obviously in Connor's his own, on a different level. He's on his own little sphere right yeah. now. Then you did, what, Khabib, Nate would be number two possibly? Yeah, Huawei's there, I think, yeah. already. And if he beats Kamari, someone who everyone thinks he's stylistically inclined to lose to, and then if you're the UFC, let's say Connor's waiting for Khabib or something, and because until September Khabib wins that fight, rah rah rah, suddenly you got Jorge Masvidal with a 170 pound title. Connor, you obviously wants that title. That that's a mega, mega oh, fight. Yeah, I mean, insane. just 
Yeah, there's options out there, and we love options. We love options. All right, well, let's talk about the, the reason we're here at UFC 247, oh, John right. Jones versus Dominic oh, Reyes. Yeah, that's happening. Well, that's the reason we're in Houston, not the reason we're at Hooters. <laughs> we're, we're doing something totally different there. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's, let's take a look at this main event, of course. I mean, this is an interesting card, right, because you got two title fights at the top of the bill, um, with the other, of course, being Caitlin Chukagian versus uh, Valentina Shevchenko. And, of course, the two dominant champions, um, I think both believe they'll probably retain their belts. But um, I am intrigued by Dominic Reyes. And I'm intrigued by Dominic Reyes because I personally believe that what it takes to beat John Jones is power. I believe you have to touch John Jones. I just I don't see anybody. Now, I'm not saying, like, there's not iterations of this could be, but I don't see somebody that can out-wrestle John Jones right now. I don't see anybody that can take him to the ground and either hold him down for 25 minutes or submit him on the ground. You know, I don't see anybody that can really outkick by now you know maybe we start talking you know super fights and out of sign and all this but as far as in the division you know i don't see anybody that's you know capable of kind of just moving around for 25 minutes outworking him on the feet you know out pointing him that sort of thing so to me i think you got to catch him and clip him and hurt him and i think dominic reyes has that ability now i still feel it's very very uh green you know it's very very early in dominic reyes's career but you know maybe there's something to be said for coming in you know Young, dumb, and full of whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like not really knowing what Ignorance you don't know. Ignorance is bliss in a way. Yeah. Ignorance is bliss in a way. You know, just, hey, man, I'm, I'm full of confidence. And I will oh, say confidence this. confidence, full of confidence. Sorry, yeah. Nice. Exactly. Full of confidence. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, and, and, and I do like the fact that Dominic, you know, wasn't afraid to kind of poke the bear a little bit and have a little fun. You know, the, the on-sale press conference, I thought all of us – thought was going to be just a rather boring day with nothing said and all of a sudden you get a little heat between the two and you're like oh we got something here now here's the only bad side of that i think when you start poking john jones a little too much and you get the man fired up and angry at you um it turns out that you know in heated rivalry matches he tends <laughs> to do pretty damn well yeah. and it does seem to me like you know, if maybe you thought you were going to slip in on John Jones a la Alexander Gustafson the first time around. You know, yes. if maybe you thought you were going to slip in, I don't think there's any slipping in on John Jones because John Jones seems pissed off. So let me first start with you guys' take on Dominic Reyes. Like, what you take from getting around. I mean, what you thought of his chances coming in, but maybe, like, what you've gleaned from this week, how you feel things are, are, are progressing. And if you – I understand, look, gun to the head, everybody's picking John Jones. I get that, but – how much of a chance do you do you give Dominic Reyes? Well, I, I, I'm going to be a bit of a negative Nancy here and say that overseeing him over the past week, week and a half, my estimation of his chances has gone down. Yeah. I do feel that uh, this heavy media attention and schedule, and mo more specifically, it's like the guy can't say anything without getting ridiculed for it. A lot of that in part due to John Jones' reaction, right. which gets the fans on his side. But I feel like... Dominic just seemed tired to me. You know, he seemed like, oh, geez. You know, I just think it's a big spotlight you step into. You know, it's not like he was a big star that got this like a Cormier. You know, he got this fairly young, as you said. It's his first time up at this sort of level. And I just get the sense that he's a bit sort of weary. And you, if we're looking at this as he's young and dumb and sort of this, he's almost like a puppy. He doesn't know what he's really going to do, but he, right. that could help him. You can't come in with that energy. You need to come in aggressive and like fucking let's let's have a go. And you know, and I just I think he's, I think he, I, I just think he started to realize like oh, you know, I'm fighting fighting John Jones in a few days. Do you know what I mean? I, and it's tough, man. I think I think we look at John Jones as, and and the puzzle to beat him as at this point he's such a veteran. It's like oh, what hasn't what tiny iteration of the game hasn't he seen yet? Right. 
and I think Dominic has been very very speci specific in saying I'm not going to let him lull me into a full sense of security and let me go into his rhythm but you have to say looking at them today the energy they brought Dominic Reyes had very much the energy of someone who's going to fall into the rhythm of John Jones and let him sort of dictate the pace I guess we get to see it again you know at the ceremonial weigh-in so we'll get to see that on Friday night but you're right today you know the media day face-offs a little more tame than I think I, I would have liked to see I, I don't know it's weird I I want to see that fire man I want to see like so I, I feel like can't respect him. You, you can't. That's you, it. Don't have to disrespect him, but you can't respect him. I guess is the difference. You I know that sounds a weird thing to say, but I agree with you. Yeah. yeah. You don't, don't have to. Don't have to talk shit to him, but you can't be like. Anthony Smith was almost the best way until he was in the cage. Right. It he was. almost played it right until he got in there, and then. But the thing it. is, like John Jones will literally find anything, and that's why I think it's a mistake to give him anything by like talking trash. You know, you're just I think doing yourself a disservice ultimately because like we're talking about one of the best fighters of all time, maybe the best fighter in the world right now. A lot like he's already got the skills, he's got the fight IQ, he's got anything. The last thing you need to do is give him reasons to get out of bed every day and like train even harder and you know yeah. put something like that together. So yeah, I agree that Anthony Smith approach is probably the best. But John Jones even took offense to that. He's like, oh, this guy's such a good talker. He thinks he's like, you know, this, that, and the other thing. He's analyst. He's all this. And like, he took offense to that. Like, oh my God, he's intelligent. Like, this is, this is bad for, you know, like, you but, he, but that's what you need to do. If you're going to be that good and you're going to stay on top of the game for this long, you need to find any little reason there. And I think... You know, Dominic Reyes has given him plenty. He said so much stuff about John Jones in the lead-up to this fight. Some of it ridiculous, some of it true, some of it in the middle. But, yeah, I don't think – it's really, really hard for me to pick him in this fight. I think the only really reason or the only avenue I see Dominic Reyes to get in this fight, I agree kind of what you said about maybe you know having the power and stuff is the best avenue, but we haven't seen John Jones hurt. We've rarely – we've barely seen him rocked. Um, yeah, I guess you know the first Gustafson fight a little bit, but we know that he – barely trained for that fight and yeah. still showed up and won like the fight of the year. Yeah, so. the further away that gets, the more it looks like it was the anomaly. Absolutely. You know for I mean? sure. So, But you never know, man. This is John Jones's 15th consecutive, consecutive title fight. The majority of those have gone the distance. There is all the tape in the world on this guy right now. Um, I was going to ask him this question this week, but didn't necessarily have the chance. Kind of like, you know, he came in so early in the UFC. He was this guy that would watch a video on YouTube and then try something the next fight in the octagon without like ever having trained it really or like maybe throwing it 20 times in his garage when right. he was training there but now I think he's just mastered what he's so good at and I think it's taken away a little bit of the excitement from his fights but I think that's what you need to do if you're going to stay on top but it, it's a lot of fights man a lot of cage time and eventually Kid War you know catch up I think we saw it a little bit in the last fight with Tiago Santos just complacency and maybe not taking as many risks and then right. next thing you know you lose three rounds to some guy, and you haven't even really realized it, and then your title's gone. It almost happened to Diego Santos. It's so a few funny in the, ago. in the way that we were saying, like we write off the the Masvidal Askren fight as a test of grappling. Like in some ways, and I know this sounds weird because I'm saying power is the way to beat him. I almost throw that fight out. I know it was a lot closer. You know, it was a close fight, mm -hmm. but like Tiago was so clearly hampered. You know what I mean? Like, yes, he's dangerous and he has power and he has he has uh, you know he has the ability to put you out, but like. He could barely walk forward without stumbling. Yeah, he's so a like freak at, of nature. Yeah, man. I was just like, man, he's not going to be able to land because he'd take, you know, throw two punches and then damn near fall down. And so, like, in some ways, you know, and, and, and John talked about, hey, man, look, if I was able to evade Tiago Santos, I'm like, that dude could barely stand <laughs> up, man. Like, that dude could barely go. So – I'm picking John Jones. I mean, he's not the athlete Dominic Reyes is. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> how many touchdowns has he scored in his life? <laughs> oh, so much. I do. 
Am I wrong? Did John Jones? I mean, maybe it's because he didn't want to make it about anything else than other themselves. But did he ever just say like? You understand the kind of stock I come from? Like, yeah. My yeah. brothers are both like NFL. Like, one of them's a future Hall of Famer. The other, I think, was pretty good too. And like, in fairness, I don't think he ever said John Jones wasn't an athlete. I think he just said he's never fought an athlete, which yeah, still makes no sense. Daniel Cormier was an Olympic level wrestler. You know, he obviously didn't get to compete yeah. as in much as he would like, want fuck to. Those kids up, yeah, dude. <laughs> look at all these guys. Like, I don't know. I don't know what the definition technically of an athlete is, but I assume if you compete in a professional Sir, sport on this level, right <laughs> now, I assume that qualifies you as an athlete. If you get paid to play a sport, you're an athlete. In I, my mind. If you're yes. considered the greatest of all time in pretty much anything, like, yes, like probably there's, a pretty there's good obviously athlete. different levels of athlete. You can look at any sport. There's the guys that obviously aren't as agile or as flexible or as you know, good to do it as fast as doing this. There's different magnitudes of it, but you obviously Agreed. need to have some athletic prowess yeah. to be able to compete in a sport, to be able to kick someone in the head like have that dexterity all that stuff so i think you know i always I, we're, we're attaching ourselves a lot and john jones attached himself to a lot to this comment but it was a stupid comment I, i'm sorry dominic Reyes. i always taught the athlete the, the definition of athlete is like explosive just raw sort of just physical attributes is what i've always taken an athlete to mean so you think of people like tyron woodley even though he hates the term was always explosive or someone like a brock lesnar was just, you know just someone you could put them in freak athlete yeah you can put them <laughs> in this sport they're going to be too fast for their size you can put them in this they're going to yeah. be stronger than they look alex hernandez looks like a fucking freak athlete yep. but you know stuff like that and you got to say if we're talking about those sort of athletes i would say tiago santos would be above dominic Reyes in that conversation you know what I mean? I'd say Rampage Jackson would probably be on, on his days when he was motivated to be up there. Yep. You know, Rashad Evans would almost certainly be a, what I would describe as a better athlete than Reyes. So, yeah. It's Again, like like Mike just said, I don't want to rip on him, but it's a fucking dumb thing to say. Certainly, good thing you didn't rip on him. <laughs> All right, well, listen, we had a chance to speak to uh, John Jones earlier today. There was a media day before we had our guest fighter adventure. There was a full media day at the host hotel. We had a chance to talk to him. It was kind of a, an extended conversation, but I basically whittled it down to my questions and uh, your questions, Oscar Willis. And there's a couple other uh, voices in there just because they were like connecting thoughts. And I was like, well, this doesn't make sense if I originally I was like, let's just put our two questions in. <laughs> They're so badass as we are. But there were some connecting thoughts in there as well. But um, I, I don't know. I thought John was very candid today. Um, I thought he was in a very good mood. And, and John is, I think, kind of a mercurial guy. And some days he's in a bad mood. Some days he's standoffish. And I, I felt he was in a good mood today. One thing I will say before you play the audio, John Jones's fight IQ is often talked about. Never before this week have I seen him have so much fight IQ. Like, the guy just feels cerebral. When he's breaking down the fight with Reyes, every time he's breaking down the fight, I'm like, well, that just sounds like that's the way that's going to go. Yeah. You know, he he seems to be in mentally just a solid, not, not overconfident, just a solid, I've broken down everything, and this is how I think these things are going. Just guy seems on form. That's I agree. It's tough. All right, here is uh, a little bit of the conversation today with John Bones Jones. How are you guys? How y'all feeling? Well, I don't happen to have any more of the boom boxes to give away, do you? Oh man, I probably could get you one, John Morgan, for real. <laughs> Talk to me about what fight week is like for you, man. At this point in your career, I mean, you've been doing this for so long, top of the game for so long. I mean, are there nerves? Are there excitement? Is there what's what, what is the emotion of a fight week like for you? Uh, I am. I'm excited. Obviously, we all get nervous, and the guys who say they're not nervous at all, it's probably a dangerous spot to be in, right? You, uh, this game requires a certain amount of nerve. Um, but the, my excitement definitely outweighs any level of nervousness. Um, 
I feel like I just saw you guys not too long ago. Yeah. And, and I like this rhythm. I like this pace that long. Nice. You, know, you talked about the reason you wanted this fight is because he seemed like the more dangerous guy. Now, a man in your position who's got records to break and things, I would think you take the easier fight. Take the one you think, the guy you think is less dangerous, right. you know, because it's safer. Yeah, you feel better about it. Right. Why, why is that not the attitude? There, there's a little strategy behind it. You know, I feel like I feel like a guy so young and Dominic Reyes, he, he's only going to get better. Right? He's, so, he's so new in the game. So um, I want to take him now while, while he's still fairly inexperienced. and. I think we all know that I do better in rematches, so when he does come back, you know, hopefully I can dominate him even more uh, in, in even more dominating fashion than I am going to on Saturday. Right. Um, and, and then uh, the other half of it is just uh, striking while he's hot. He's hot right now, and uh, like I said uh, at the press conference, you know, I don't want to wait. And I don't want to wait too long. You know, I want to give people the fights when, when both fighters are, are hot, and, and he's hot, and so that's what I'm giving the people. You said yesterday, I had kind of gotten the idea that you weren't interested in Corey Anderson, like it didn't excite you. But yesterday you said he's got a chip on his shoulder that you want to chew on a yeah, little I bit. Yeah, so, I want to eat it. So if, he, so if he wins, I mean, is that a fight that does excite you? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Corey Anderson, he's extremely versatile. And just the way he went in there with full confidence against Johnny Walker, just just chewed him up. Um, it shows me uh, that he has, he has that fire that I'm looking for. Reyes has said a few things this time. I know it doesn't necessarily annoy you, but are you just confused in the things he says? Like he says, oh, he hasn't fought an athlete like me, which I mean, like you said yesterday, everyone in the UFC is probably a good athlete. Yeah. And then he says, oh, I know how to study tape, and he's talking to the, the team that's most famous for studying tape in MMA. Are you confused at the choices of angles he's taking in this uh, build-up? Yeah, I think I think he's reaching. I think he's reaching, and, uh, and my job is just to is just to call him out on his silly comments and you know like when a guy is hanging on to these lab these these wild ideas to uh David David Dave you might get like a small coffee thank you yeah I was I woke up this morning I didn't drink any water uh woke up pretty late I'm glad I got a lot of sleep though um yeah I think he's reaching he's trying to hang on to these ideas to like pump himself up and my job is just to take his ideas away and send him into the fight with nothing pretty much and and it's easy to do that because you know the, you know like when you say things like Weidman beat Anderson and I beat Weidman this is going to give me the, the the magic that I need huh? what are you freaking talking about like like silly shit like that you know what I'm saying it's just like or you haven't fought an athlete and, or you know or you haven't fought a Latino and like all this stuff like it's about race. It's like, what are you talking about, dude? It's like, it's about skill setting. I've, I've, I've fought guys from all over the world with different ethnicities and different cultures behind them and it has made no difference. Why do you, you know? So he's just silly. He's reaching for anything he can find and uh, let him have it. Have you noticed that when you called him out saying, oh, why, why do you got to bring up party favors, that he sort of immediately stopped going that route and he didn't want to talk trash anymore? Yeah. So do you think this, like you said, he's just, he's just trying to find any sort of identity he can to get into this fight? I, I, think, I think he knows that he's over his head and he's he knows that he may be... I don't want to say that he doesn't belong here. I don't know. I just, th I think he doesn't think before he speaks. That's ultimately what it is. And then it, he finds himself backtracking. Like if you watch the Ariel Hawani interview when, when Ariel asks him um, what you mean about the athlete thing and how he was like, oh, you know, you just, if you don't get it, I guess you just don't understand. It's just like, you can't even back up his silly thoughts. You know, I just think he needs to slow down 
think before he speaks. I mean, even with the bipolar thing, yeah, he called me bipolar. It's like, do you know how many people in the world are losing their homes, losing their marriages, losing their jobs? Like, bipolar is something that can come onto you in and, and, and your later years in life. It's like, it's a very serious mental illness. And the fact that he just rattles stupid, rattles freaking things like that out of his mouth, it's just, he's an asshole, really. You uh, you won your first World Title in 2011, I haven't really thought about it, no, but my, my goal is just to be here for an extremely long time, a very long time. Um, you know, I want to be here for the whole next decade, and I want to be the champion for this next decade. And, you know, I look at Daniel Cormier as, as an inspiration um, for him to be the champion at 40 years old, dominating guys much younger than him. He lets me know that if I do the right things, thank you, sir. He lets me know if I do the right things and really take care of myself. Uh, there's no reason why uh, we can't keep up with this uh, this next generation of fighters or this next uh, decade of fighters. So that's the goal. That's the motivation. Thank you for the motivation, Daniel Cormier. You, uh, you appeared on ESPN yesterday with Max Kellerman and Stephen Smith. Yeah. Seemed like an entertaining interview. Yeah, it was, I think they wanted it to be a little bit more hairy than I allowed it to be. Do you think it's more hairy, or they're just trying to appeal to the general audience, and perhaps most Connor could be even? Um, I think Max was definitely trying to lay it on me. You know, for sure. I, I think I don't think any of the questions he asked were. Uh, softballs. I think he was trying to be a little controversial with me, and, and uh, I was really proud of myself for the way I handled the situation. I definitely felt like I took the high road. There was a, a thing with Stephen A. Smith and Joe Rogan recently where Stephen A. Smith said stuff about Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan said he doesn't really understand MMA, so he shouldn't say this comment. Do you think people like Max Kevin and Stephen A. Smith have a responsibility to better understand the sport when they cover it? Absolutely, absolutely. If you guys are going to, hats off to Stephen A. Smith, by the way. Um, always been, you know, I, I, I think he's a tremendous reporter and but you're absolutely right I think he does need to do more homework we need to go back and maybe watch some of those pride fights you know you need to go back and start at UFC 1 and really do your homework that way you know not only who we all are but you know positioning you know technique you know a few submission names I doubt they're at that level and I would love to uh, encourage them to, to get at that level you know if you're a true professional that's what you do so a lot of the narrative has been focused on Dominic's undefeated record, but not so much about you being the first guy that's undefeated in space. Right. Yeah, something's lost in that. But I think it's just I think it's the people reaching um, to build him up. You know, he's undefeated. At the end of the day, if you look at who he's undefeated against, you know, he's never been in a situation like this. Um, fighting someone who's not only undefeated as well, but somebody with just you know double the experience as him. Um, you know, everyone's talking about his athleticism, but I mean, I come from a family of all world champions. So um, I'm cool kind of taking the, the back road and letting people build him up. I, I don't feel like I really need it. I feel like my, my work speaks for itself. And uh, before the OSP fight, you told me, uh, you know, you look at fighting like a test. Yeah. You know, so how would you categorize, like, the level of difficulty of the test in preparing for a dominant? Dominant Reyes is a test. He's definitely a test. You know, I felt like I needed to get uh, physically stronger at this camp, so I really uh, worked on my, my physical strength a lot. Um, I, I, he, he's just brought out something else in me. I, I've studied so extensively for this fight. Um, 
for him to be so kind of inexperienced, there's something inside of me that lets me know, like, John, you cannot take this guy lightly. He, in a way, he could be more dangerous than the guys that are more experienced just because he doesn't know any better. You know what I mean? Like, when you listen to him talk, he, he just, he's, he's so emotional, he's so all over the place. He just wants to fight. He doesn't really care if he wins. He doesn't care if he loses. He just wants to give it all he got. So, like, when you're fighting someone like that, you got to take a step back and, like, you're dealing with a wild dog here. You know what I mean? You can't just reach in there and get bit. You got to come at him with a really strategic approach, you know, and, and that's exactly what I'm prepared for. He's gotten me and my team's complete undivided attention, and we're taking him very, very seriously. John, do you think you would have given him that respect if he hadn't kind of riled you up a little bit, if he hadn't thrown the... The, the verbal jabs your way, do you think you would have still given him that amount of respect, or yeah. does that make you give a guy more respect when it's like a, a rivalry almost? You know, um, I feel like I feel like I know a lot of guys like him, and, and, and living in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I feel like I know a lot of guys like him. And one thing you you know when you when you live in Albuquerque is uh, he's gonna bring it. He's gonna bring it. You know, he there's guys I see guys out at the club who don't know a lick of martial arts who, and the culture is like, yo, I'll fight you, bro, I don't, I don't care, I'll, I'll give it all I got, you know, if you knock me out, so what, you know? So I know, okay, he, he there's a serious, there's a similar vibe, um, but he's actually backed up by some martial arts techniques. So I know that I gotta bring it, and uh, that's exactly what he's gonna get. John, it seems every time you say, right, I'm not talking about Israel Alexander anymore, he doesn't interview he mentions your name again. Where are we with that? He's going to be here this week. You might even cross paths. Is that something you'd even like to have? Just to be like, are we going to do this? Are we not going to do this? No, honestly, I have, I have, I have, I have no interest in Israel. At the end of the day, um, Anderson Silva was a guy that everyone wanted to see me fight, and I never wanted to do it because I had so much respect for Anderson. Um, and I feel the same way with Izzy, but it, but it's not coming from a place of respect. It's like my my career isn't based around fighting him. Him to fight me, it would be huge for his resume. Uh, but me, you know, I feel like I already have so many legends under my resume, and he's not even a legend. You know what I mean? We've all seen that video of, of him fighting some Alex guy and, and catching a clean overhand right. So he's very human to me. Like he's he's not this special guy that you know. I, I don't I don't see what everybody else is seeing in him. I think I think you know. His whole anime stuff and how he's all antic with his hands and all this crazy stuff. I think that's kind of entertaining a certain fan base. But for me, it's like, dude, I would slap you. Get out of here, kid. Do you think you ever got the credit for becoming a world champion so young? Because I think the older we get, the more we realize how young 23 actually is. Yeah. You know, honestly, to be dead honest, I feel like... I feel like it's going to be harder to break that record because of where martial arts is going. You know, when, when I joined in the sport, um, I mean, I, I wanted to get Shogun, who's definitely an honorable guy to get it from. I mean, he was very versed. Uh, he had uh, great jiu-jitsu, great striking, but his wrestling, there's a huge hole in his wrestling. And, it, and I just so happened to be a wrestler, and I filled in that hole, took him down, and ultimately pretty much finished the fight on the ground, right? I think in the future, you're not going to be finding champions with holes like that. I think the future champions are going to have elite jiu-jitsu, elite wrestling, and elite kickboxing. So uh, in order for a 23-year-old uh, to come up and become a world champion, he's going he's gonna to have to be trained um, in everything, and he's going to have to have no holes in this game, or else I don't see anybody else... In terms of all the out of the cage stuff that you've gone through over and over again, I think everyone wants to pin it on you. At 23, 24, 25, 26, you're still a young man, you're still learning, you're still growing up. You yeah. Know, do you think you've ever got a fair shake about that? Um, 
I can't play a poor me role. You know, I've done a lot of wild stuff. You know <laughs> what I mean? I can't play poor me. Um, but at the same time, you know, this sometimes I think about it this way. You know, my little brother and my older brother are in the NFL, and from the time they left college, they had programs to, to really show them how to be a professional athlete. The, the NFL, their team provided them with with a driver that they can call 24 hours. In the NFL, there's a chaplain that they can call 24 hours. There's group meetings. There's 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 fellow guys to be around to encourage you. There's. I was just kind of thrown into like. Okay, here you're fairly famous now, and, and here's some money too. You know, it's like when you come from nothing, it's and and at that age, it can be a lot to handle. It can be a lot to juggle. Um, I don't think I was. I don't think I had enough mentors in my life at that point, and uh, and I'm glad I finally figured it all out. It just reminds me of like Charles does, like when like a kid actor or just a media gets famous, and they go for real. Everyone goes well. Kid, make a million yeah. I think I think a lot of people do. I think a lot of people look back on, on some of the things I've done and say, you know, you know, he's young and, and I'm still fairly young. I mean at, at 30 I feel like there's there's a lot more lessons I can learn. Um, but but at the end of the day with, with great responsibility you know with great talent comes great responsibility and, and it was my job to to uh, figure it out a little faster, and, and they say guys mature a little slower than women, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm at 30. I'm finally starting to feel like, okay, John, I'm getting it. I'm starting to get not how not to fuck up. Excuse me. And uh, and let's see how it goes. Right, so a very relaxed, a very composed John Jones, but also, I think as Oscar said, a very sharp John Jones. Um, you know, knowing what's on the table in terms of Dominic Reyes, knowing what's on the terms, uh, what's on the table in terms of his career. Um, I, I, I don't know. It's it's been a it's been a it's been a fun John Jones. It's been so relaxed of a John Jones that I did mess with him a little bit at the press conference yes. and uh, or the athlete panel. Uh, and, and, and basically kind of joked about him, him being an immature because he was saying that Dominic Reyes was immature. I'm like, how funny is it you're calling somebody immature? As soon as I said it, I was like, oh, I hope he gets the joke. <laughs> and uh, he took it He took it in pretty good spirits. He had some fun with it. So, uh, But to your point, Oscar, man, the guy does seem dialed in. Uh, man, you know, Dominic is going to have to be on point, man. This is, this is a John Jones that is not going to be snuck up on, uh, that is clearly aware of what's coming on the other side of the cage and what's at stake and uh, – yeah, man. It, it's it, going to take the performance of his life. It's going to take the performance well, it, of his it life. It also feels like, I'm, I'm not to go into this subject too much longer, but I definitely feel like it's almost like the party favors comment is what sparked the irritation and sparked the motivation. But then it's like every single other thing Reyes says is also like, even unintentionally, like, I'm an athlete. And John Jones is like, I'm a fucking athlete too. Or yeah. then like Reyes is like, I study tape. And John's like, we are this. You know, it's like everything he says. John's like, no, no, no. I'm going to prove man, that. To he me denied it, but I think he looks for it. I of think he wants he a reason. Mike nailed it earlier. He it, finds anything at this point, man. I mean, he, the dude has faced everybody, done everything. I think he looks for a reason to be like, yeah, like ah, Anthony Smith, man. This 
jackass. You know what I mean? Like he's like the nicest guy ever. You know, I think he's like. I mean, even the one that it did stand out to me that I thought was a little much was he said uh, he's making it about race. I don't think he was. Yeah, ever I was actually gonna. Race. Did that's, anyone that's ask about that? The, I was gonna ask that. He put it up but I was again. Like, oh God. He um, just brought it up about saying that like he's never faced a Latino. Or do you know what's funny though? Just before the you did say that. I don't yeah. recall him saying that. Before we started this pod, my friend, like he's a big MMA fan, goes, "You know, I find it interesting. John's never faced a Mexican before." And I was just like, really? You bought into that like already? And he went, well, they're different breeds. I was like, how many Mexican world champs have there been in the UFC yet? Oh, okay. There you go. But I just think, yeah, back to John's, back to John's point, like uh, John Morgan's point, This, uh, I, that was I don't know, that was the only one I thought yeah, that was a little un- bit of a reach. Unnecessary. It was unnecessary. It was unnecessary. And I'm not, I'm not faulting him. I just think, again, I think he's trying to identify whatever he can to yeah. like, this is the reason this guy's my target. But. I didn't think that. Well, I, d- I don't think Rez has actually said. I think Rez maybe said mentioned one quote like, yeah, "I'm very proud to be Latino and I'm representing them in this fight." I think that was about it. Yeah. Rez has said a lot of shit. I can't follow <laughs> it all at this point. Like, I don't really know. <laughs> he said in the lead up to this fight, but I guarantee you, John. I trust John Jones's word for it. I mean, like, I'm sure he's watched every damn interview <laughs> this guy's done. I think so. I don't think he would make up that specific thing. I mean, maybe like you said, it was probably something super light, and he took like again, he makes a. What's the term? A uh, mountain hill or a mole of a mountain hill yeah. or whatever you call it. Mountain so of I think, a mole hill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's John Jones' style. So it doesn't surprise me at all. Man, they, the beer they serve at Hooters is strong. <laughs> I didn't tell you about that. Here in Texas, we serve that strong I'm from beer. Canada, sir, where the beer is stronger than wow. you guys, oh. United States well, softies. Well, you should practice on it a little <laughs> bit more, okay? I'm just saying. <laughs> all right, let's talk about our co-main event. Uh, obviously, Caitlin Chukagan is a massive underdog here. Understandably so. Valentina Shevchenko, to me, I've said it before, I think she's basically 1A and 1B. I don't know what just happened behind <laughs> me, but there was something that happened with one of our Lone Star's finest. With, Ka- with Kaylee with a K-A-Y-L-E-I-G-H. I mean, come on. That's, that's, a, very, that's a very traditional <laughs> spell for I, I don't Kaylee. think I've met a Kaylee who spelled it like that. Anyways. That's how they spell <laughs> it down here in Texas. Yeah. Right, well, I've never it. been here before. So. That's what they <laughs> called her at church on Sunday, and that's what she's called here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kaylee Chukagan, a very massive. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Kaylee Chukagan. <laughs> Jesus. Not Kaylee Chukagan. Kaylee Chukagan, a very, a, uh, a, a very massive underdog, um, understandably so. And, again, I've said it. I think Valentina Shevchenko, it's almost a disservice to call her the second best pound-for-pound fighter on the planet because the reason she's second best is because she's lost to Amanda Nunes, but Amanda Nunes is so much naturally bigger than she is. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's and the second one was close, too. It's, 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 so it's, I mean, it's accurate. It's just almost a damn disservice. You yeah. know what I mean? Because like I feel like they're so close on the same level. Um, she's just so technically good at what she does. And it's funny because... You know, I think in some ways there's there's heavy expectations on Shevchenko. They're tough. I mean, the Jessica I knockout, that was a, a stunning knockout. But most of Shevchenko's fights go the distance. You know what I mean? But she's just – she's very uh, – you know, she, she keeps a strong pace on the feet, but she's very technical in what she does. Her ground – I think her ground game is incredibly underrated. Yeah. Um, I, I do think that, you know – if I was trying to devise a game plan to beat her, I think I'd want to take her to the to the ground versus trying to stand up and beat her unless unless I'm 20 pounds heavier than her and have knockout power. But if I'm the same size as her, I think I want the fight to take place on the ground. Um, but I do believe that her she's, ground game is underrated. She's also incredibly deceptively strong. I mean, like yes. she manhandled Joanna. I mean, obviously Joanna's smaller than her, but she's very strong. Juliana Pena taps her out on the ground and stuff like that, you know? Yeah, so. from Bob. And again, she's not a person you probably want to be on top of her on Bob, but Caitlin Chukagan, to her credit, brown belt and jiu-jitsu under Henzo Gracie. So, yeah, that's probably her best path but to does victory. Kat, does, does she have a fight like that? She's much more like a almost a Holly Holmes striker of a ush, 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 and 
stick and move sort of fight, I know. For sure. I mean, I think that's more just of a stylistic matchup type of thing in terms of like what has worked for her in terms of you know winning the fights she's had so far. But yeah, it's uh, she hasn't really had to dig into that bag of tricks. But I don't really know what her approach is. This is a really, really, really it's, tough. That's fight what I want to say. Is it to me? It's tough. I think Chukagan has the right mind. I mean, she has wanted this fight. Like she has called for the fight. She said, like, I am ready for this. She does have the right mindset, man. And being around her, um, you know, had an elevator ride with her earlier. You know, you just get those 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 feelings, those moments where you get to look at somebody in a human fashion and find out, like, are they are they blown away by this moment or do they feel comfortable in this moment? She feels comfortable, but it's just an incredibly uh, it's just an incredibly tough assignment. Yeah, and she like again, she's nicest person in the world. Um, she's done well for herself in the UFC, but and this is not just trying to be disrespectful at all. But I just haven't seen anything from her in the UFC that makes me think she's gonna win this fight. She's gonna have to do something completely out of the box of what she's shown yeah. so far. And we have seen that before in title fight performances, things like this. We've seen fights where you think a fighter is one thing, they go in and they put on a performance that just TJ changes your perception, mm -hmm. things like that. But again, and this is you know, a reality of women's MMA too, where the decision percentages go up significantly, the finish percentages go down significantly. In men's MMA, it's a lot easier to kind of change the course and do something dramatic like that where you can crack someone with one punch, knock them out. We don't see that nearly as much in women's MMA. Right. You know, Ronda Rousey, Holly Holm, was something like that, like an outlier, that we saw something crazy like that unfold. But just the thing being like, oh, you know, the, the power is what's going to make the difference. Like, we're talking about Dominic yeah. Reyes and John Jones. Like, that conversation barely ever comes up with women's MMA. So it makes the task of unseating someone like yep. a Valentina Shevchenko significantly and that's no disrespect it's yeah. just looking at the statistics and being it's honest it's just well, the reality it's funny you said that like comparing a lot of the, a lot of this uh, build up is comparing the two title fights because it's just one dominant champion versus contender who's the severe underdog but it's funny you both of you sort of touched on this, but if I was going to say mentally, I'd say Chikagian's in a much stronger place than Reyes, and it, it, and seems mentally prepared to defeat a champ, dethrone a champion. Excuse me. But then if you talk athletically, I'd say well, Reyes is much more likely mm. to dethrone a champion because That's he has point. he has the butt. The I, don't think, I don't think they had a women's football team out. Uh, Caitlin Chikagian didn't play baseball. Didn't fucking play baseball. <laughs> no, you know that's an interesting point. It's funny, but that's an interesting point. She she does seem she like she's in the right headspace. Yeah, she does like, seem like she's dialed in. Yep. But God, I mean, Shevchenko is just so. I mean, and even mentally, and and man, I, and I, you know, I loved what what Shevchenko had to say at the athlete panel, where it was like, "Hey, listen, you know, what's next for you? Uh, you know, if you continue to win, or you know, do you want to stay at twenty five? Do you want to go to 15, 35, The trilogy, you know." And, and she was like, "Man, the great thing about being champ is people come to me." Yeah. And I love what she said. She was like, "You know, whether it's Nunes, whether it's." You know, Zhang, whether it's Henry Cejudo, you know, throwing that yeah. out there, which is funny, but it's just like... It, there, there's always a next so fight, a next but option but when you're the champian. They yeah. need to keep the ball rolling. But they need to book title defenses. So maybe yeah. the thing about Shevchenko, the reason why... Because it's true. Like, a lot of women want to fight Shevchenko. Macy Barber's, like, they're fresh in the game. She wants to fight Shevchenko, you know. God, imagine if that had happened. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> she could have had a great chance, Mike. She could have had a great chance. But um, Texas beer, just getting <laughs> the mic behind, huh? Yeah, <laughs> I think I'm wearing off on you. <laughs> but um, but I, I forgot my point. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a tough assignment. I mean, look, oh yeah, 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 no, my point is like I think people look at Shevchenko and goes, she ain't that tough. She goes to decision every time. She doesn't. Jessica Rye aside, she's not murking bitches or anything like that, <laughs> or women as they're called. But you know, she, but she's not. You know, she's not. I, I think I can beat her. But as right. we both said earlier. I don't know where you begin. Do you go for the ground? Do you go for the striking? Like I don't know where you even begin. Whereas with John, as you, Jones, you, as you said, you're like, 
Well, if you hit him hard enough, he might go down. Yeah, uh, but hopefully. Which, yeah, in theory. I agree. It's just tough to devise a game plan where you think you can beat her. So, uh, man, it, it's it's going to be tough. Uh, you know, I, I've said it all along. I've said it from the beginning. If I had to pick one, I would say Reyes. If I had to pick one upset in the title fights, yeah. I would say Reyes. Well, I think, I, yeah, and I, I and again, know. it's not who I pick. Let me just yeah, be no, I, I, say, say, I think we could I all, all sit here and say right here, yeah, that's what we did. But again, like I think it's kind of even the theory. Something about Chevchenko fighting to decisions a lot, John Jones being in that sense sometimes a little passive. It would not shock me, like, or blow me away that some, in one of these fights, either they're a little <laughs> too passive, a little too non-aggressive. Next thing you know, Caitlin Chukagi and Dominic Reyes wins three rounds, and then the fight's just over, I, and they lose the title. Like, I don't think, I don't think it's going to be a definitive finish or something like that. Crazy things can happen, but I think that's the biggest risk for Jones yeah. and Shevchenko that they just sit there and think that they're in control of the fight and they're not realizing that the rounds are passing the minutes are passing and next thing you know they lost 3 of 5. Yeah I definitely think yeah, I don't know about John and, and Dominic because I think if you're going to get into a, a, a rhythmic pace that's John's world but I definitely could see you know essentially with no disrespect a whole lot of nothing happening for 15 minutes and the judge is going well though, that whole lot but that whole lot of nothing for three right. minutes three rounds went to Caitlin instead of Valentina yeah. and then suddenly she's got a dominant fighting from behind she's got a fit. yeah yeah so that could I very easily can imagine that happening like it's almost like the Liz Carmouche if Liz had perhaps performed a little bit more than and Shevchenko hadn't you know I could easily see like Mike said just three rounds going by and being like is she losing this fight Silly question, but I want to ask you anyway. It just came to mind. Uh, I don't often pay a lot of attention to like the USC's advertising and stuff, but I did notice this. And they might have been doing this for a while, and I just didn't pay attention. But they had like, you know, Dominic Reyes undefeated, John Jones undefeated. They changed it after pe they? after people reacted. Did they really? I think now they said undefeated in t USC title fights. Interesting. Okay. I did see the commercial, and I was like undefeated. I'm like, but he's not. Like, I mean, I guess you get to advertise however you want. To but over like, weren't they trying to overturn the Hamilton? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They mentioned it, but that, they never went forward with that. There's no way they could get that overturned. Yeah, I'm, sure, should, I'm sure Bob Bennett it was like, bro, like, seriously, we can't overturn that. Dana's calling up my, my <laughs> Hamill and being, Matt Hamill and being like, hey, dude, I'll give you 500 grand if you say you cheat and take steroids. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Matt Hamill would be able to hear what was said on that. Oh. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Wow. I think I might need to leave after yeah. that. <laughs> Mike is definitely cut off from the Texas beer. All right, let me ask you guys this. Uh, the rest of the main card, uh, Juan Adams versus Justin Toppa, Mersad Bektich versus Dan Ege. It was FaceTime. It was a FaceTime call. Italy <laughs> Lativi versus Derek Texted him. Come on. Ridiculous. <laughs> ah, she's losing all control. All right, uh, talk to me about this main card. You guys pick, pick one fight that you're most interested in. I mean, Juan Adams. Of course, he's you know looking for redemption, man. Men, you know mentioned um, you know going through some mental training and that sort of stuff that he was really shook after the last one. I agree, he was he was way too heavily invested in that last fight against Justin Taffa, who uh, you know admitted he made some mistakes in his last fight too. Interesting, by the way, this fight is so elevated on the main card. I think they just think it's going to be a banger. Rasad Bektich, always been a fan of Rasad Bektich, man. That guy really has skills. But he's had some hiccups along the way, you know, and uh, he, he wants to do something. But against Dan Ige, who, uh, you know, feels like he's ready to shine and kind of break out of the shell, he's put this nice little winning streak together. And then, of course, an interesting fight, Illo TV versus Derek Lewis. Derek Lewis fighting at home in Houston. That's awesome. Um, against Illo TV, who, by the way, we've crossed paths with Illo TV a couple times. All of us have this week. Um, That's a leap out of his way. He is coming in as a heavyweight. Like, he is, he is you know, whether that'll be good or bad, I mean, there's still a massive size difference between the two. When they stood when they stood toe-to-toe -to -toe to today, it was like, holy shit, that's a big difference. But 
I mean, Ilya Latifi, it's not like he's going to roll in at like 215 or something. So, uh, Mike, <laughs> start with you. Like, wh which one of those are you most excited about or what storyline stands out about? What, what, what is it? Yeah, it's got to be the Latifi-Lewis fight. I, I did hear Latifi actually say, I think he was speaking to Ariel Hawani where I was just waiting for another interview. He said his plans to come in, or he's going to be 250 range, which is wow. pretty crazy. So he's only wow. going to be I was like... maybe like... 240. No, so he's only going to be like 10, 15 pounds lighter than Derek Lewis, which is pretty crazy. Wow. It's obviously a different kind of weight distribution in terms of their height and everything. But it's yeah. all in his ass. <laughs> the man is the man is broad. Yeah, he is dude, he, so I think just that one, just because Derek Lewis always you know fun one to watch. Uh, interesting, you know, since I'm the fat guy fact about Ilya Latifi. There's been guys that have moved up from light heavyweight to heavyweight before. You know, Daniel Cormier kind of started the bounce back, Randy Couture, something like that. But he's the one that's had the most fights at light heavyweight before moving up. He had 12 fights, and then he moved up to heavyweight. No one stayed at light heavyweight for that long before going up, so it's kind of like unprecedented in that sense, just a long-time mainstay of the division. So I'm curious to see how he does there, and I honestly am surprised more guys haven't done that. Like, I thought when Alexander Gustafson kind of hit the end of his road, like, why not try heavyweight? Like, you have the frame for it. Like, there's some guys that I thought – it just kind of made sense for in the past. So I'm glad we're seeing someone. Obviously, it's not like, you know, a top three ranked light heavyweight, someone super on that level. But I am curious to see the experiment. And he's going in there right into the fire fighting a guy who is, what, I think Derek Lewis is still top three ranked at heavyweight, something like that, top five at worst. Yeah. yeah so, powers and again, he, he's always fun to watch. He fights as much as anyone in the UFC. I think this is the most fights of anyone on the roster behind Donald Cerrone since 2014. The guy fights at an absolutely absurd rate. More often than not, you could count on less than one hand the amount of stinkers Derek Lewis has had in the UFC. Obviously, Francis Ngannou standing out as the biggest one, but he's always entertaining. He's going to try to put on for his city here in Houston. So, yeah, I think that's just that's basically your perfect pay-per-view main card opener right there. Yeah. I wonder how much of the light heavyweights not moving up. Like You always hear John Jones being like, oh, how much is weight?" I wonder if they just hear the number 240, 250, sure and they go, is. oh, well, I'm never always that. You know, it must yeah. just be that's the thing. But... Yeah, I mean, usually you can sort of rustle up a, another fight to be interested in, but realistically, this card is not the most stacked card in UFC right. history. And while I, I, I do enjoy Taffer and, and um, Juan Adams and stuff, uh, it's going to be Derek Lewis for me as well. Um, this guy's funny. It was his birthday today. Mike celebrated that very well, even if Derek didn't want to join in. But, uh, birthday beast. His birthday beast, indeed. But I think... Latif, it's interesting you said oh, he's planning on coming in at 250. I wonder if he planned on coming in at 250 or he got to this stage and went, I'm going to be 250. <laughs> when did you make yeah, the plan? Yeah. On Tuesday. Yeah, I, think because I, think I think I had heard him say, actually, that he didn't weigh himself at all throughout camp. Yeah, you can fucking tell me. I mean, like, trained and allegedly, I presume, <laughs> ate. Um, and then he just kind of showed up, I think, yeah, and, I, I, and I was like, hey, let's see how we're, I am. We're being a bit facetious because the, the text and drinks are flowing, but... And there's not too much you can look in at a, a stare down and stuff like that. But I have to say, when Latifi, I, I thought Latifi's going to be dwarfed compared to Derek Lewis. He's a much smaller guy. And then he got there and went, oh, he's, he's he might not be, he might be shorter. Yeah, yeah, he certainly, certainly put on the girth that uh, Lewis might be expecting. And indeed, Derek Lewis did say, you know, when they're both lying down, it's the same anyway. And, and he expected two men grappling for a better position. So... It said he expects to win a controversial split decision. Yes, in his hometown. <laughs> Fantastic prediction. Yeah, it's it's tough not to be intrigued by that one. 
Uh, all right, listen, as uh, one more little quick uh, preview to this fight. Uh, I did have a few minutes to pull aside the UFC president, Dana White, uh, and just talk to him mainly about this car, but a couple of other uh, news and nuggets otherwise. So uh, here's my conversation the other day with Dana White. Dana, the first five weeks of 2020, you get a Conor McGregor fight, you get a John Jones fight, right? I mean, that's got to be a pretty pretty awesome start for the company for the year. Yeah, not bad. So, you know, usually the beginning of the year is, is rough on us, but because of ESPN scheduling, it's completely changed our ecosystem. So, yeah, the, the beginning of the year is going to be strong from here on out. No doubt about it. Give me an idea of John Jones. I mean, we talk about him as the GOAT, right? I mean, a lot of people believe he's the greatest of all time. Right. Is he a superstar? Is he the big money draw? I mean, obviously, Connor's the biggest. Mm -hmm. But is John up there, or is, is this just still a way to go? Of course he is. I'm, we just broke the record at, at the uh, Toyota Center with this fight. So, you know, um, yeah, Jones is a star. What happens is with these different fighters, when you have different guys, they bring out different groups of people. You know what I mean? A completely different group of people show up to watch Sean Jones fight on TV and live. Same thing for Connor. Same thing for Nate Diaz. And the list goes on and on. It's always a different group of people. You said a record-breaking gate. What, uh, can you share the numbers? What, what are we looking at? We did 3.2 million. Still a couple hundred tickets to move. And we're opening up some production kills right now. So it'll be well over 3.2 million. And... Uh, yeah, we'll have we'll let, we'll have the the record. Very cool. Give me a sense of what you think of Dominic Reyes. I mean, you've seen a lot of contenders try against John Jones, but man, he had a little bit of a swagger at the on sale press conference. He's rolling around with some confidence this week. I mean, what do you think about him as a contender? Yeah, no, he's listen. This guy's the real deal. The biggest problem with this fight is that enough people don't know how real this guy is. He is uh, he's young, he's fast, he hits hard, um, and he's undefeated. And he's got, like you said, a ton of confidence going into this fight and believes he's going to beat John Jones. This is a tough fight for John. If John gets through this fight, I mean, if you look at the way this guy has treated himself outside of the octagon, you know, usually those stories all end the same. When, when you know, you do the things that John has done, you don't last. There's no longevity in that. But this guy's so talented and such a freak of nature that he continues to dominate. Yeah. Do you feel like maybe he has turned a corner, though? This does seem like a week. In some ways, like how Connor was different last week, John seems like, you know, more mature this year, more reserved, more, you know, the way he's doing that. Do you think he's turned a corner, maybe? Listen, there's, there's, there's truth to it. You've seen it in every sport. Uh, too rich, too famous, too young. And when, when that happens to you, there are consequences to it. You know, there's a, good, there's a good side and a bad side. Some people can deal with it and some people can't. And, uh, but then you eventually get to a point where you, get, you hopefully get yourself under control and you start to take, uh, you know, take it, champ. You start to take it serious and get your, you know, basically get your shit together. And usually by the time you do that, it's too late. Your window has closed and it's over, but that's not the case for John Jones. Corey Anderson is in action in a couple of weeks. Uh, he feels like he should be next in line if he wins over Jan in New Mexico. Are you feeling that way too? Are you looking at that as a number one contender fight, at least as far as Corey Anderson is concerned? I don't know off the top of my head, you know, who, who I think is next in the division. We'll see how, first of all, just to say, oh, this guy, if he wins, is next. Let's see how the fight plays out. Let's see how he looks. See how it goes. Yeah. But I am well aware that he has been pissed <laughs> off for a very long time about not having a title shot. No doubt. The co-main event, Valentina Shevchenko, I want to ask you what you think she means to the women's side of the sport right now. I mean, you know, she lost to Amanda Nunes, so maybe tough to call her the GOAT, but I feel like in a lot of ways it's like 1A and 1B because she's beating everybody else except for somebody that's 20 pounds bigger than her. What, what do you think Valentina means to the sport right now? That's true. I mean, if you ask anybody right now, um, you know, about the women's division, they'll tell you Amanda Nunes, Valentina, and Weili Zhang. I mean, realistically, the three champions in each uh, division 
are as badass as can be. So uh, it's fun. Yeah. She's tearing through contenders right now. If she stays victorious again, I mean, do you see her future at 125? Does the trilogy with Nunes make sense to you at any point? Does Whaley make sense? I mean, there's talk about maybe she moves up. What, what does make sense for you? All of them. You're right. All of those can happen. But what I really like to see people do is, is stay in their weight class, continue to knock people off, continue to build your legacy and, uh, and your name. And then when, it, when the time is right, th- those big crossover fights will happen. Yeah. Israel Adesanya is going to be in town. Obviously, there's a lot of talk between Adesanya and John Jones. Potentially maybe early, I don't know. But is that a fight that, that interests you? I mean, I know you just said people stay in their lane and their divisions build their name. But, I mean, those two guys facing off, do you have interest there? you got to look at, you know, Israel right now just won the title. You know, he, he, he's fighting Yoel Romero because he wants to, which I respect. Then he's got uh, Costa after that. And then we'll see who's in line after. You know, he's got some, he's got some fights to win before we start looking at John Jones. John Jones is a very nasty, you know, fighter and much much bigger than Israel Adesanya so I think Israel's got a few more guys to knock down before he even thinks about John Jones yeah no question last couple ones I hadn't heard your opinion yet on the Stephen A. Smith take on Cowboy Cerrone and all the the Joe Rogan back and forth that that went you know did that bother you at all I mean your broadcast partner I know you love ESPN but but calling you know one of the beloved guys a future UFC Hall of Famer you say maybe he quit on that night what what were your take on that on those comments yeah I did I didn't hear him I didn't hear what he said I know that there was some stuff going back and forth um which is going to happen you know one of the things when when we bought and built the UFC that, that we always did, you know, being fight fans ourselves. You know, I'm a huge fight fan. Lorenzo was a huge fight fan. Joe Rogan is a huge fight fan. And one of the things that we hated was on HBO Boxing and some other boxing that they would do. Listen, you're tuning in and buying the pay per view because you love these guys and you respect these fighters and you're a fan of the sport. The last thing you want to do is hear somebody ripping them apart. It's it's not. I'm not into it. Rogan's not into it. You know. And, and you don't see that in the UFC. There, there'll be times when I'm pissed off at a guy and I'll, I'll voice my opinion on what he did or whatever, or if a fight is really bad or somebody did something. But what we don't do is when a fight is over and a guy loses, we don't go in and rip them apart. Just not our style. It's not, we're fans. We, we, we don't do it. Um, so I think Rogan was reacting to that because, you know, th- th- that's, that's our philosophy here. And, uh, you know, for Stephen A. Smith, that's his thing. You know, that's what he does. Um, yeah, uh, it's going to happen. You're always going to have people who have difference uh, in opinions, and especially when you have two very opinionated guys like Stephen A. Smith and Joe Rogan. Yeah, good question. Last thing for me, how close are we to knowing Conor McGregor's next move? You know, Usman and Masvidal were talked about, but that's obviously off the table, both those guys at this point. I mean, you've been saying the fight to make for Conor is the Habib rematch if he gets through there, Ferguson. There, are you sticking to that right there now? There was never any talk yeah. about Usman or Masvidal. That, that was Conor. That, that's, that's madness. That's crazy. So Conor's thing right now is Conor thinks Tony and Khabib isn't going to happen. And he wants to slide into that spot. So we'll see how this plays out. Does he have a deadline? Like I could, I could do it a week out or it has to be two weeks, three He's, weeks? He is ready, willing, and able to slide into that spot if it becomes available.
All right, USC president. Anyway, by the way, man, that's an impressive gate. $3.2 million, man, if you were worried. Because, I mean, I'd heard some things that there were concerns about tickets or whatever. Not necessarily really from any credible sources, but I get it, man. Like, two title fights here, but as we said, two title fights that aren't necessarily. I mean, dude, we've been privy to some fantastic fights. I mean, uh, obviously already opening this year with Connor was amazing. And then, you know, some great fights to, to wrap up last year. But, I mean, again, I, I was when they first announced this card, even I was a little interested. Like, hey, two title fights, but are they the ones that are going to get people out of their seats and, and, and you know, Get, get them to drive into the arena and buy some tickets. So, uh, apparently, so they're doing it. All right, real quick, guys, uh, the prelims, uh, a lot going on there. I won't necessarily uh, round out the entire card, but um, any gems, I mean, whether it be a just a, a story from somebody that you talk to leading into or just a fight that has you kind of paying attention, I always like to, to give the uh, the hardcore fans maybe something that, that you're looking out for, uh, you know, even if it's all the way down on the prelims or, uh, you know, the ESPN Plus or if it's on ESPN, of course, the uh, – the eight, as they scramble madly to pull up the card. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? I didn't do that. We're well, ah! professionals. Dude. Oh, I'm man, just texting Matt Hamill. You guys thought you were getting away that easy. No, I already had someone because I was on Twitter. Twitter, I saw her face. Um, <laughs> I I tell you what, I'm looking for Andrea Lee. She's uh, she has. You know, she's off the loss to Jojo Calderwood in Abu Dhabi. But I still think she has a bit of the star power about her. You know, she's got a unique look with a cowboy hat mm -hmm. and the, sort of the country shtick. I believe she's actually walking out to a song this time that was specifically written for her. Okay. More than that, I can't tell you. That was just told me to me about London. To that, but yeah, yeah I, I like believe that. it was written specifically for her. It is a country song. You'll be surprised to know. All right. But, um, you know, Angelique, I feel like... We've been a bit sort of facetious and silly on this podcast tonight, but being serious, like the UFC, it's no secret, they get behind quote-unquote marketable women. You know, if, a, if a, a female fighter is like pretty or attractive, they get more opportunities. It sucks. That's the way it is. Luke Rockhold has a career. It's fine. You know, it's evil, but, but it's equal. But um, I feel like if Andrew just gets a couple of wins in a row, she could become, a, she could still get a, like, to become a big name in this sport. Right. Uh, and I do think she's a quality fighter. Uh, you know, she's a quality fighter. I think that JoJo thing, like, listen, it's her first time in Abu Dhabi. It's the humidity. Like, JoJo said she was nearly dying out there. It's so hot and stuff like that. Like, I think that, that fight's almost... So you almost got to give it a wash. Like, it, they didn't know what they are doing. They are opening the card. The, that you was know. a unique environment. The, and, and they were completely... I mean, they you, didn't you can't get somebody a free pass, but it's, it's yeah. that was just so unique. I'm not saying, oh, the fight's gone and because yeah, they yeah, absolutely yeah. fought, but, but I'm just saying, like... There's a little asterisk next to it. You just never know, do you? You know what I mean? Like, and maybe next time they wouldn't fight that way and so on and so forth. But I... Uh, so... There are certain names that even if they're not on the best streak or whatever, that when you see them on a card, you go, oh, they're on the card. And Andrew Lee's one of those for me. Yeah. Mike, how about you? Can I say there's nothing really? I mean, wow. not, not <laughs> oh, if I knew that was an option, I wouldn't have given all that bollocks about. No, I, I think. Uh, I, well, obviously you took it. That's by far, and that's probably top three, four most significant fights on right. the card. If you, it's either three with Derek Lewis and Latifi in terms of relevance. Yeah, that could easily slide into the main card. For sure. Easily yeah. Slide. Yeah. In fact, I mean, to be honest with you, again, no also disrespect Laura to Murphy Juan Adams. And yeah, I think yes. the only reason Juan Adams is on there is because he's a local, right? That's There's right. But, uh, local, yeah, so, so no disrespect to Juan Adams and Justin Toffa, but if you had Lee Murphy in place of that, I think it'd fit real nicely on that main card. For sure. And it could arguably, I think, John Calderwood's probably the number one contender in that division, but for any reason she's unavailable due to injury or whatever the case may be, this is probably a number one contender fight right behind that. So yeah, That's crazy. That's a good point. It's definitely really a significant fight for the weight class. We'll see how it pans out. Hopefully it ends up being an entertaining one. But outside of that, man, it's just – it's really slim pickings on there. I 
I could sit here and like lie to you and be like, oh, I'm excited for Miles Jones and like Alex Morona, who are like good fighters and can be exciting, but the fights just don't mean a whole lot at the moment. So we'll we'll watch it. We'll sit there. Hopefully, it provides a ex some exciting action. But I think this is one of those ones that's going to be like. You know, the prelims are kind of just whatever, then it's the main card. No, Mr. Cynicism. By the way, I can't delete this stuff afterwards. I'm just letting you know. No, I'm just kidding with you. I'm messing with you. Mm. I will say this. I, I <laughs> will, a better card. I will say this. Uh, Alex Morono, I, I do love watching that kid fight. You missed his name. He's just like, he's like this kind of awkward kid to me that goes up there and likes to bang, dude. So I, I enjoy him. I will say this. Mario Batista and Miles Jones, I rode on an elevator with them both together at one time. No way. Yeah, and apparently it's happened like four times to them this week. They keep <laughs> okay. ending up on the same elevator. And it's so awkward because like, like other people in the elevator that don't know me because you have like non-fighters and they're yeah. like, yeah, these two dudes are about to scrap on Saturday night. So I thought that was funny. And I will say, by the way, Jonathan Martinez is also uh, a name that um, I'm uh, I'm kind of excited to see just because I love it when Jonathan Martinez wins because that means he has to go speak to the media. <laughs> just his trepidation of standing in front of a camera. Uh, it makes yeah, me laugh. Yeah, scary he, he is the male, uh, what's her face? That's been lad. <laughs> no, the uh, other no, no. girl who just fought. Um, oh, oh, no, her name uh, is Hannah Cyphers. Yeah, Hannah Cyphers. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Aspen speaks shortly, but she's not afraid. She's yeah. very confident. You're right. She Hannah Cyphers is much, much better. better. <laughs> Hannah, Hannah is afraid to speak to them. Yeah, yeah. That's a much better representation. <laughs> what's her name, Mike? <laughs> Texas beer. He's been a long days. He's talking about the most as a Canadian. Yeah, it has been lots of days. By the way, shout out to the fine folks at Bucks Wild who took care of us on our first night here. Never heard of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, all right, hey, listen. Uh, to close out real quick. Uh, Cold coffee. Um, he actually wanted me to say. He, he did ask. He said, "Listen, um, if you don't mind, I, I don't want to record anything." He said, "I'm still in a lot of pain, uh, and it's hard for me to like, you know, set all my gear up and all that." He's like, "So I, d I don't want to say anything." Um, but, I, you know, I'll jump back in the mix ASAP. But he did want to pass on that he's doing good. Surgery was a success. They got uh, the tumor out 100%, um, which is which is great news. And uh, he's just sore as hell. He's got a long recovery ahead in terms of that. Luckily, not a lot of, you know, necessarily rehab and things like that, but just has to get better and heal up. And uh, But sounds like he's doing good. And it was cool to see, man. He tweeted something out the other day and got a lot of love on social oh, media, yeah. which, was, which was awesome to see because he's not – necessarily a face in front of the camera or whatever, but I thought it was cool to see him get some love. But, uh, yeah, cold coffee's sore as hell, but doing better. Sore as hell and sorely missed, Kenny. There you go, no son. Doubt. Look at that. Absolutely. Well done. Well done. All right, listen, uh, we got some more of this Texas beer to drink. We're not gonna look, sure if we're going to have uh, Mike Bond have any more of it. Uh, he might be cut off at this point. Uh, the rest of us are definitely going to enjoy it. And uh, we'll have you covered all weekend. Me, Tom, thanks for listening.